0: The Basic Instructions of Mind Mastery with Chuki Okobi, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. The Basic Instructions of Mind Mastery with Chuki Okobi is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Chuki Okobi. Aloha, everyone. We're back with another episode of the Basic Instructions of Life After Football podcast, the podcast for, by, and about NFL alumni and rediscovering our passion for life after football. Now, to give you a deeper understanding, deeper insight into the inspiration for this show is for us to help our NFL brethren heal after a lifetime of football, heal in all four bodies, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. So what we do is we interview former pro athletes who serve as an example of what's possible for other former athletes who may feel lost or struggling emotionally in this next chapter of life. Alumni who have been through the unique journey of transitioning out of football, have redefined their personal identity and rediscovered their passion and purpose in life. Now, today's guest is someone I've been connected to for a very long time. We were drafted together in the same class to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We went head-to-head head in the trenches back when he was a standout defensive lineman at the Ohio State University. Both Super Bowl champions, but one might say that he's got a leg up on me because, you know, he played in two Super Bowls, and I only played in one. But we even things back up because the Super Bowl that I won is the Super Bowl that he lost, so we're good. Ladies and gentlemen, seven-year NFL veteran Rodney Bailey. Welcome him to the show. Aloha, brother. Very, oh, very bro. grateful. Grateful thank to you. have you here with us. You know, thanks
1: for having so. me, man. I appreciate it, Chucky. Um, also, let's add to the other part. We were also teammates, the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. <laughs> yes, can't forget that. Can't forget that. We were we were teammates um, in our last, in our, my last season in um, 2007.
0: Right. That, that's true. No. Thank
1: connect. you for having me, man. This is um, it's a it's an honor to be here with another gentleman who rocks the zero gap. You don't know what the zero <laughs> gap is. That is the shaved face. No. Um, I always – it's a funny thing. I always wore crazy facial hair when I was a player, but I always admired businessmen who could always pull it off. My grandfather is 87 years old, and I watch him shave every day, and um, <laughs> something I adopted um, on this other side, like you said, life after football. But, uh, no, just seeing Chucky again – Reminds me you, you've given me a little bit of PTSD from 2000 when we, when we played against each other um I always say um coming from the defensive end spot we're doing blitzes and stuff Chucky was always there to help or cut you he would hit you he would he would make he would make sure that uh Drew Brees was always protected so actually getting drafted too with you uh, there was no uh there was no rest for the weary because um this time 20 years ago, we were up on the Trove and we had to yeah. be ready every day. So it's great That's, to see you again, bro.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you know, speaking of Drew Brees, you know, you go back to college and you know, that game, my senior year, junior year, and eh, you know, playing at playing at Ohio State's always tough. But senior year, yeah, I remember that one. I know you guys still seeing Seth Morales in your dreams, catching that pass, you know, but it, it was was a, it um,
1: was it Seth Morales or was it or was it Vinny? Who's who caught nah,
0: it? No, nah, no, it was it was Seth Morales oh, okay. who caught that. And, and the thing about the thing about Seth, Seth is a good dude, is he was a walk-on. You know, so you know, that's a, that's you know, Ohio State is the Ohio State University got a really, really decorated history. You know, mm-hmm. that particular game and that particular play with Seth, man, that's literally like the biggest play in the history of our program. So, wow. you no know, that that sticks with us, sticks with us a lot. You know, and obviously,
1: you know. You blocked me on that last play every time I lifted it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, got, I, I was trying to knock the I saw, what I saw was saucers and eyes of Drew Brees. I saw his eyes get big. And I'm like, that means somebody is open. So I yeah. jumped as high as I could.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And who blocked me was this guy.
1: This is the guy that blocked me. <laughs> I, just,
0: just doing my job, man, just trying to earn my scholarship. You know, the the thing is, is so many the de- the defensive backs you guys had were so incredible. I don't know how they blew that coverage, man. I have no idea because those guys were incredible, incredible players. That whole defense was incredible, except for '94. He was I. Right. But <laughs> regardless, you know, what we're here to talk about. You know, the transition out of the game of football can be complex. I mean, it's a unique experience that unless you've had this experience of playing pro sports, most people can't even imagine. Think about it like this, you know, I have a feeling you can relate because in our society, we tend to identify ourselves by what we do professionally. If I fight fires, I'm a firefighter. If I perform surgery, then I see myself naturally as a surgeon, what I do is who I am. i say that's pretty common for most people, but most never considered what it's like to identify as a professional football player. A young man who's 27, 28, 29 years old and thinking back on his life, All he's ever focused on, dreamt about, invested all his time and emotions into has been playing sports, playing football. And for a lot of us, it's all they've ever known. You know, just imagine being, you know, a 31-year-old teacher and you get a call from your employer saying, hey, I know you didn't do anything wrong, but you're fired. Not only that, but you'll never work in this business again. You know, good luck and have a nice life. Sounds crazy, but you and I both know for pro athletes, that's a pretty standard experience. Yes. And I mean, that's that's how my career ended. And this was the first step in redefining myself, a journey full of ups and downs emotionally. Most guys go through similar experiences when they're done playing. So what I'm curious about is, you know, talk to me about how you felt, what it was like for you mentally and emotionally in the beginning when you first left the NFL.
1: Scary, I mean, I'm, as I'm getting to this age, I'm closing on 44 now. Um, just to think now I'm getting to the point where I'm able to reflect on what it was like the last two years. Let's get, let's help these young men out even more. Last, Mm -hmm. I was a career backup, fought through injuries, um, pretty much, um, always held my own every time I got on the field. you know, never made it to that Pro Bowl level or being a starter in the league, but was always on winning teams you get to a point of doing this for over three or four years and it got to my sixth year and then I had my seventh year in Arizona, but you're like, where is this going? And now I can tell now that it is difficult for a young person, no matter if they graduated college early, no matter if they, um, whatever you, you were playing this sport since 1993, And then you excelled at it in high school. So you only know to be great. From there, you start all the way over again and come back to college. And you have to beat all the odds there. Then you go to the pros and you beat the odds to make it. After you get to that point, now I can admit today, it was scary. It was very scary not knowing what I was gonna do when I left, how life was gonna be, where I was gonna live. I had gotten accustomed to living out of a bag. I had gotten accustomed to the Allegheny Center and places <laughs> like that around the country. Right. So it was a difficult didn't realize that I was I was married at the time and didn't realize how young myself and, and my partner at that time were to know where where we were going. And unfortunately, like mo- unfortunately, like most of um was 75-plus percent of vested players. uh, Within two years, we were split and we were divorcing. So the transition, I went back to Columbus, Ohio. Um, All I had when I went back to Columbus, Ohio was football experience and a Super Bowl ring. And everyone let me know that. And it was really, I didn't know what to do. I was um, left with a lot of time on my hands. Um, which had me sitting in sports bars. And that ended up turning into a habit of drinking that I wasn't proud of. I'm not proud of now, but it was at the time, being younger and time, I thought that that was okay. So mm-hmm. this is early still. Um, and then you are the one thing I did too much of that I try to get anybody not to do is. Go do keep yourself going. I was one of the, I've talked to a lot of other players now who, when they left the game, they stopped training, they stopped getting up early, and I did too. But I didn't know that I was dealing with other things. I was dealing with severe sleep apnea and vasovagal syncope at, at the same time. So gaining this weight, sitting on a bar stool six plus nights a week, sulking, um, sulking, and feeling bad for myself. I lost my job. Which was a pretty much lose. I don't know how, like you, we say it nicely because we we were teammates. But for the rest of the world and for younger guys, it's a nervous breakdown. You're having one, not knowing what you are going to do. Now you don't have the comfort. You're watching your friends still play in the NFL. You're seeing guys who you are as good as, or maybe better than, make more money than you, and you have to. You're not. You're not. I wasn't handling this at all well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you hear you see me talking about it I've never really yeah. opened talked about this but I'm glad I am so you go from it was building blocks from going from AFC championship games and super Bowls and and, 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 the, and the hats and the, and the parades and 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 going to big dinners and having stuff to do constantly your job was who you were and and you didn't realize this because you started doing this at 21. so you mm-hmm. you know you know and then now like you were in the early 30s I was 28. And I was mm-hmm. lost, and it was just one of those things. I mean, it progressed. the The things hurt. I don't know if you we can go into that. I mean, we could talk about pain, uh, tinnitus. <laughs> yeah. The um, like I said, Vegas thing could be happening at bars, happening in front of friends. Oh, I'm okay. You know, trying to shake off and keep moving and be a thirty year old like everybody else. That was that was tough.
0: Yeah, it, it could be tough. The big thing that. A lot of people don't realize and, you know, you think about, you know, how guys go through that difficult period when they get out. A lot of guys will get into, you know, drinking or smoking and doing whatever they got to do. It's always remembering, you know, you got to you got to forgive yourself and be easy on yourself that every decision we made, my objective, my intention was positive. All I wanted to do was feel better. Mm-hmm. And so at that time when you're not sure what to do, you're willing to do to try anything. And, and a lot of times, you know things like alcohol, they're like they're what I call the Wizard of Oz because it's an illusion. You feel better, but you always got to go back to the wizard and that's how the habits formed. In the end, you, we learn from those experiences and always remember that we're always doing the best that we can with the information and resources we have. Once we learn a better way to deal with these issues, which is a big focus of, of why we're even having this conversation, so that guys can benefit and learn from our experiences. And once we know a better way, you know, when we know better, we do better. You know, oh, so absolutely. We,
1: you know, just to, and just to just to progress. I mean, this is um, you know, the the, the the let's let's just go into how your days change. Your days change from being a professional athlete, waking up at as alignment at the latest, six thirty normally or something mm-hmm. like that. Drive get yourself together, maybe have a shake at home, drive to the facility, see who's in the cafeteria, then you go lift weights and then you go to your first meeting. And that's kind of you know, or you know, there's something between there, showering and all that stuff in between that. Well then you don't have that responsibility. So sleeping late became normal. Sleeping until noon, sleeping until one, sleeping until two. And no one, you're an adult, no one is ever is going to tell you when you should get up and when you shouldn't get up. And as a young person, that's something that you need to create outside of your job. And I've learned that from this. It wasn't, you know, because I was like, well, I don't think anywhere to go, so why do I have to get up? And that was the excuse. I was always telling myself. Then from there and just progressing um, a little bit faster, fast forwarding, it's, um, I'm thinking about, you know, I, I think I have friends of mine out there who saw me struggling and they invited me to go and um help volunteer coach at a local college in Columbus, um ODU. I would I would hang out around there and then um I did that that was in like the I think twenty twelve ish or so. And I'll just every so often go over and help out and be around. And you know what happened was you get away from your sport and you go back to it, you're insecure about coming back to it. So I just struggled so much mm-hmm. with uh, self-esteem issues and just just being able to be and know what I knew so I kept coming in and out of it and then I got an opportunity um, from a buddy from high school Eric Schmitz uh, who became the head coach in 2014 um, at Countryside High School down in um, Clearwater Florida and I was in Columbus but he called me and we we were teammates 30 years ago uh, in high school and uh, he called me and said hey i I don't know what you're doing, but you know, I could use you on the staff. And I told him no a bunch of times that year, but nothing, I wasn't happy. I was um, just an easy, I mean, my, my, not just, just the way I held myself. I just know I, I wasn't. And I made a way to um, become a volunteer coach for a while here. In a, I came to Florida and um, I got active, but that's all my life was was the the positive was just being around football
0: right
1: I really wasn't doing anything else and um i had to grow through that a lot of it too was i was single i I didn't know um you know it just it just was a i was living on a low vibration and i was very very dark Um, right This is funny because this is really the first time I've really said it, but it's true. Um, Sports was uh, the light, and I could get to see that. And I wasn't still myself then. I was way overweight. I was over 400 pounds by a lot. Um, I had kind of actually just accepted that that was it. I was going to be just a bigger guy, obese guy. Um, I still had the same Thoughts. Sometimes I figured, like you know, it was just a a weird feeling, just how I I let myself go, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. But just working and blessing. Um, 2015, meeting my wife Jenny um, and uh, my daughter Angelina. We, We started dating then. And health, health became something that I always talked about. That I knew, like I knew about it, but I wasn't living it. And like, we just, it was a crossroads in 2016 after um, bounced with basal bag of syncope. I didn't know I had um, exercise-induced asthma at this time, but I made a change from six nights a week drinking. I started using cannabis and I've become a cannabis activist since, but uh, CBD, um, THC, but it changed the, inflammation in my body. That was a start. That was a real big start. And I started um, researching the understanding of fasting and intermittent fasting. And it was, just, I mean, like you said, doing this with no AA, uh, no waist trainers, no no trainers, no nothing. I was doing this just building myself from the ground up and with the help of my wife and daughter supporting the entire way. Um, where we, we, you know, I met them down here in Florida we, we came together um, going into 2017, you know, I'm having things like respiratory issues and I'm going back and forth. Um, I'm having, I'm still passing out. And that's mm-hmm. scary because I'm passing out and I'm telling my wife, don't tell anybody, you know, it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. So we're going through that and I'm trying to deal with it. And that's when I began reading about basal vagus syncope after being seen by the NFL doctors in Atlanta in 2017. I got the word that I had Vega, but nobody told me what to do with it. So I started mm-hmm. reading about it. And they said one of the things you can do is yoga. Yoga can slow this down. And I was like, my first thought as a silly old D lineman was, you mean the thing that old lineman used to do? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I've heard mm-hmm. people say do yoga, but I was like, old lineman used to do it. And I was like, you know, what? Alan Fanica, he did a lot of yoga. And I started putting this together. I'm like, that's crazy. I, that was like one of them things. Like an aha moment. So I All began just right. stretching, doing yoga slowly. I mean, it started at, in 2017. It started in August for two minutes in the bed, and I was I was about 465. I said, "I'm gonna do two minutes in the morning." And I got to practice. It was training, you know, a training camp for the high school guys. And I'm like, and I'll do two minutes when I get home. That's how it started, and it's been. It's been just. It's like it. It was. It's yeah. It's my. It's my addiction. I love to. Do it. I stretch even when I don't know I'm stretching, mm-hmm. but that's that changed that and then continue weight loss in 2018. Um, but that's when I went to the hospital in 2018 for uh, um the apnea. I passed out uh, through Vegas Vegas. Fell in the shower. Um. Then. I went to the ER for that. Two weeks later, I couldn't breathe for two hours at the house, and I had Jenny take me to the the ER, and I was in the hospital for five days, and nobody told me anything in the respiratory unit, and that was scary. 2018, scared, nobody telling you anything. You're wearing these big boots in the bed. You don't fit in the bed, and I was like, I'm losing weight. What's going on? Why isn't – so I felt like it was a line in the sand. I hate hospital food. It was scary. I was like, I never want to feel that again. So it just turned to me. Um, said I'm gonna get better every day. I want to get better every day. That-
0: I mean that's 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 the that's the thing is, you know, all of that, all of those those difficulties, you know, a couple of things, you know, a big focus with what I do, basic instructions, and you know, afterprofootball.com is understanding the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical connection, mind, body, energy connection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, without know what's going on, you know, we got different things that we're feeling, you know, self-esteem, we got fear going on. All those different things, The, the all those four bodies, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, are all interconnected. So when you started with the physical, the other body start to heal as well. And so when you started getting into yoga and whatnot, all of a sudden we start to feel, you know, the emotions start to change, they start to get better. You know, we start to tell different stories. We start to, you know, the the, like the clouds are parting and now I'm starting to see things in my current circumstance that I feel grateful for and things get better little by little. I mean, you talk about how much, you know, the weight gain and how much you gain, but you know, look at you now. So that's actually evidence for, you know, for those of us that are watching and listening that is what you're seeing is evidence that even through all of that difficulty, that we can come out of this on the other side and reclaim control of our lives, our bodies, our minds, and our emotions. You know, so now I mean you obviously are looking good physically, you feeling good. Thank so you. now that the now that the dust is settled, I mean you're into your new groove on a different mission in life, talk to me about, you know, where your focus is today you know, what you're doing personally and professionally.
1: Well, thank you, uh, Chucky. It really, it comes back to the um, the continuation, how it just kind of melted together, with what we've all went through, I would have to say in the last five years, you know, mm-hmm. from after the hospital coming out and now knowing I have asthma and now having uterol and okay, I, I know how to deal with that, still doing yoga a year into this, 2019 I tear my right Achilles so I've torn both my Achilles and I'm stubborn and I'm like I said I'm not going to surgery I really said I'm not going to surgery not. so mm-hmm. I talked to the doctor the doctor liked how I knew how to heal naturally so I did a lot of homeostasis a lot of sitting a lot of stretching and I healed my Achilles in 2019, going into 2020, right before the, right before COVID, uh, just naturally, and with the scar tissue, still here, and I'm doing good. It was like these things kept going. 2020 came up. We went through um, the shutdown. Jenny and I, we miscarried in the spring. We were suicidal. We were angry. It brought me to, like you said, what are we doing now? We looked for a lot of different ways. We went to talk therapy that was helping and we found Dr. Agins at over at uh, Doctor over at um, Priority UMD with uh, ketamine infusion therapy, which mm-hmm. we did our first one in July of 2020. And uh, I've been on a pace since. That helps calm the waters mm-hmm. and then bring me into, like you said, where am I now? It's like post COVID Rodney. That's what happened. After COVID, I learned how to work to be ready at all times. It's almost like we were back in training camp again where you can't be asleep and ready to go. We got one-on-ones, we got one on uh, 907. I actually just picked and I give uh the therapies, ketamine therapy, a lot of that credit. I just, you know, between that, fasting, understanding that health is a lifestyle and really going against me every day, actually beating me up every day. Um, um, the insecurities that I know I hold, I take it out on myself and my yoga mat. I actually, um, I really work to take the, the time is that we were together and use them actually every day. I present this with my to my daughter before she she's a senior over at Gulf High School, Angelina, and I give her that. It's basically, you know, I find what I did when I was a player. I used to, I lost my love for professional wrestling in this t- down at time after football for about eight to ten years, and it didn't feel what it did when I was a player, like I was when I was a kid. Now, I've allowed myself as a wrestling mark to be listen see the story use it and use it like i used to Mm -hmm. and it just was it just is a we all lost a lot of people we all went through a lot we all were told a lot and it was just at a point where for health and for life it was to be ready at all times so i say it sometimes on social media but that's what i'm always thinking i stay ready so i don't have to get ready and i get as ready as i can I have a herniated disc. I got scars. I got a lot of different um, ailments that I fight with every day. I didn't care what my, I didn't care what I actually physically looked like. I, I mean, I'm very happy with what has happened, but I'm, the way I've been able to teach myself a little bit about, a little bit about stuff from the ground up for the last five years. I mean, as a football player, I have no problem admitting that all I knew how to do was play a five or a three a one and, and all the stuff we knew on defense. And that's something a lot of us need to admit at one point or another so we can move forward.
0: Okay, I got you. I got you. I mean, you think about all the different aspects of how we're healing, you know, dealing with things on different levels, whether it be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, when your family. We got COVID, which we dealt with as a as a human race, you know, globally. So we've we all, you know, gone through those things. And even here we are in 2023, we've come out the other side, you know. And so, you know, with all the things that happened, you know, you've come out the other side. And that's, that's something that, you know, a lot of guys are dealing with now. You know, wherever we were back in 2016, there's somebody. There's some former player, and it's not just football. There's other other people who played other sports their whole lives, who are feeling that same way too, and are, are learning deeper aspects of themselves, and really getting to know themselves. You know, you know what I'm curious about now, is after all of that, now that we're in a good place, you know, what would you say is your your path going forward? You know, we got we we you know being gonna be 45 this year. I look at it like this is halftime. This is halftime of life. So, you know, when you think about what's the path for Rodney in the second half, what do you feel your life's purpose is in this new post-football identity, the new roles that you're feeling now in your life and going into the future?
1: Well, the one role and the one thing that I strive for is to be an example, to be an example mm-hmm. for professionalism and being a healthy, loving family member. Um, what really excites me every day, and I have friends of mine who have followed my journey on social media. Uh, I am a ba- ambassador with telewellness MD, priority UMD, Teaser, and Chicken Pound as well. I mean, I I I what I've what I've learned to do is be an advocate for health. That pays me by seeing when I hear people. I have friends of mine who lost ninety pounds, eighty pounds. Uh, guys who said call me and say I quit drinking. Um, you know, I'm just so thankful to be a leader. I have no. I've I've been a leader, like you said. You've helped me remember. You really did. Thank you, Chucky, You reminded me um, from college, from when we were rookies, from um, just this whole time. We aren't special. And that's what I have always exhibited from St. Edward High School to the Ohio State University to the Steelers and everywhere else is professionalism ready to work in a in a space where it's all about your mind. You have to go from where you are. We one of the things I struggle with for the past 10, 12 years, what's my title? What's my title? Mm-hmm. I was a defensive end, I was a defensive tackle, I was a nose. You know, I played on the big nasty D, so I always had those things. We were me, Clark Haggins, and and uh, Kendrell Bell, LOD. You know, we always had those things that that we yeah. were. But no, I'm I'm very comfortable um, leading where I'm asked to lead. Um, my family uh, is a very important part of who I am and always has been. And um, what getting better every day for me. In a positive way, I'm going to say this, is my insecurity. Is because I let myself get to a, I was 487 pounds and I almost died. I had pre-Parkinson's, exercise-induced asthma, high cholesterol. It would look bad. Low testosterone in my early 30s. And it just took me really focusing, meditating, praying, and being close to winners again. Really, even if you're sitting in your own house, if you're on a Zoom, if you just being able to manifest greatness with great people, that's why when someone rings the phone or texts me something about, you know, how can I lose twenty pounds in the next three weeks or three months or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, I have no, I have, I've opened up. In that time, I was telling you about earlier in this uh, call when I was down i was dark i i was i wouldn't respond to phone calls i wouldn't respond to text messages i was um uh, you didn't know what you were going to get so when you are rebuilding yourself from the ground up and that's what i appreciate the most you need sometimes to bounce on your butt two or three times maybe 10 times before you figure it out and like you said at this point in our age and our lives for looking at the generation above us and the generations above us i think we're in a place where we can see what the younger people want and we know what we want to be once we get to a certain age it's just that middle point and i'm i'm very thankful to be here
0: yeah so you know one of the big inspirations for what i'm doing with this podcast and with my business you know the website after the goal is to help My NFL brethren to be that example, like you say, to help others to heal after a lifetime of football, heal from the top to the bottom, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. So, you know, with all of this success and positivity that you've experienced in your life, you know, after football, if you could give one piece of advice to the young man or woman who's struggling mentally and emotionally after a lifetime of identifying themselves in that, as an athlete, what would that one piece of advice be?
1: Embrace the present. Love the present. Really, really, that term that everybody's using that we, because we watch Michael Jordan and young, and older guys who did things, that term the greatest of all time or the GOAT, embrace that inner GOAT in yourself. And let you know what you've done, be happy with what you've done, but embrace the present. What's in front of you, I love watching the defensive tackles and defensive linemen who play now because I'm embracing it. I know a lot of us at our age don't want to see these guys make the money. they make. Don't want to see these guys throw the ball the way they want. I have taken a whole different approach to this, and it's worked. Enjoy it. You were a part of it at one point. If you were a part of this game or any professional game, you're special. It's hard to do this for even five minutes. So embrace the present. Love what you're doing. When they say it's no more like you started when we started talking, hey, it's time for you to go, that's going to be hard. But know that it's another side to that. Once that's over with, there's another beautiful flower that's about to bloom in your life. Yeah.
0: You know, one thing, you know, just to add to that is, you know, and uh, you know, uh, actually, a coaching client of mine told me this. He said, "You know, some of the best moments of your life haven't happened yet. Yeah. You know, you know, there's so much more time left on the timeline to create new memories, to achieve new goals." And the thing about football players is we've mastered the physical. If you are able to use your physical tools at that level, regardless of sport, if you're if you're able to develop yourself physically to the point where you're able to play at that NFL level or play at that PGA level or play it, you know, at that Major League Baseball level, you've mastered the physical. Now the ancient Hawaiians. They say, you know, we have four bodies, not just the physical. We got four, you know, spiritual, mental, emotional, and the physical. And so since we are different, we are special, we were superheroes, we were the ones that everybody's looking up to. What a lot of what a lot of players, you know, I want people to recognize is your physical body is the only one that has defined limits. Like I'm only gonna be as tall as my DNA lets me. Mm-hmm. With that spiritual, that mental, and that emotional, there's no limit. Those can expand continuously until your last breath. So remember, there's always better memories, better times up ahead, and they continue to develop and grow from where you are. You know, I mean, we you you already did so much in your younger days. That's a place where we can continue to expand and grow. The That's
1: amazing. On your Facebook on Monday, I was in a cranky mood, and I watched the story of the snake in the saw. Mm-hmm. Resonated with me, and I felt great afterward. What you do is amazing because I didn't realize that that was going to resonate. But mm-hmm. I have been that snake. Oh yeah, <laughs> yourself Absolutely. up. And they call me the hacksaw, they call me the steel blade or whatever. Like, I've been, in the saw, having this, I, I, in Florida, it actually happens a lot where snakes do that to themselves because Mm -hmm. they think something's biting and then they come back and bite it. Yeah. Yeah, when you told that story, like, like you said, it just completely brought me back to the present.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's recognized that, you know, a lot of times the emotions we're feeling it's, it's, it's our interpretation. You know, it's mm-hmm. this, the snake interpreted that moment as the saw, an inanimate object, it interpreted that as the saw doing it wrong in some way. And, and then, so a lot of times, you know, the stories we tell, those are, that's what's triggering the emotions, is what is the story we're telling ourselves about what we believe is happening even though that may not, what our story may not be accurate. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it's it may make sense to us, but it may not make sense in, in the grand scheme of things. If you're looking at that situation from what I call the press box, when you're looking at the whole picture, a lot of times our individual story, when we're down on the line of scrimmage of our life, you know, we may not be accurate. I mean, think about how many times, you know, playing football where you did your job perfect. But for whatever reason, the play, the play didn't work, the defense didn't work. Now you're on the phone to the coach up in the press box saying, Coach, I, I did exactly what we practiced, what's going on? A lot of times there's more things going on in your world than you can see from your perspective. And so that's the way I, that's why I call that the press box. You know, we're we each and every human being, black, white, candy striped, male, female, or anywhere in between, we're all on the line of scrimmage of our life. You can't see the whole picture. And so that's and I, a big part, you know?
1: Yes, that's a, that's a great point. I just want to add, it's a it. My, this is just a tip I'm going to give to the football guys because it it was me when football ended. When football ended and it's silent right here where we are right now, I couldn't sit in a room silent. And it was tinnitus in my, it was tinnitus in my ears, always ringed. So I meant I always had to get up and go be with people or around something to keep the noise going. And now, and in the renaissance of who I am, sitting in silence has been some of the best medicine that I've ever, and you've known me for a long time, and I'm not quite. I've learned to be able to be okay with it. And sometimes because of what we do, I played in front of a hundred thousand people for 20 plus games at Ohio state or whatever. And then, you know, then you get to the pros and around 60,000, you know, we are used to being around lots of people. And then it's that point when the game ends and there's a lot of times you're alone and that's, what's hurting a lot of our young guys. And I really want more people to open up, talk, do whatever we, you know, we need to do to, to keep people talking. And um, of course, we doing that because we um, we lost one of our brothers, Clark Haggins. Love him to death, forever. Uh, rest in peace. And like we've spoken about, there's been 50 gentlemen who have lost their lives too young in the last since 2020. Yep. And it's um, something we need to keep out there to keep people understanding what we deal with. We're grieving 28 and 46 year olds every week. And it's it's something that we work through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, well, it's, it's it's having conversations like this and you know, putting this out there for other guys to see that, you know, a lot of times there, you know, when you're dealing with life after football, a lot of guys feel isolated, they feel alone. But you know, just going back to, you know, obviously the circumstances were not ideal when we all connected at, 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 you know, for Clark service. Mm-hmm. what I, what was beautiful though what was beautiful to me was that it showed you know for all the people from Colorado State all the people from Pittsburgh you know Kevin Colbert was there Jack Kearney was there what it showed is that none of us are ever alone absolutely ever we're never alone and that mm-hmm. goes, it doesn't matter if you play for Pittsburgh or not it's mm-hmm. like understand guys former NFL players need to know you're never alone we are always together you know, even when we're alone and you're struggling to be alone, we're together in that loneliness. And so, understand that we support each other. The fact that we are together, everything in life is a dichotomy of positive and negative. The negative is maybe feeling that football's over and I'm alone, but the positive is we got you. And that we, you know, once once we're teammates, we're always teammates.
1: Absolutely, that's, that's absolutely. True. Clark always said that. He said to me every time he talked to me, he called, "We teammates for life." He would say he would make, you know, L.O.D. forever, everything, all the time. It was – and it was. I mean, to reconnect with you and, and the rest of the guys, it reminded each of us maybe something that we forgot that we had. And I yep. appreciate that.
0: And and so now, you know, as we continue to do this, developing – as I develop this this uh, this platform, this podcast, after com. you know, more and more people, you know, will start to realize that there is life after football. There is life after football. You know, just to just to wrap up, you know, you talk about some of the, some of the ways you've helped people, helping them lose weight, you know, helping guys get off of, you know, alcohol and whatnot. For any former players who are listening and connect to your story that want to maybe explore the same options, those, you know, Ways that you were able to solve those problems, how you know where would they find you?
1: You can definitely find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I'm on TikTok as well. My in links and bios for uh, telewellness.com, um, it's under Bailey Collective, that's um, my, my wife and I, and we just are very discreet in what you may be going through. I mean, I've dealt with every kind of situation, I mean, I'm um, I'm uh, married again. I was divorced. I understand how things go. I understand financially how things go, um, but I've been able to, thankfully, just one day at a time, one moment at a time, uh, grow the perspective to be able to help. You, you don't even have to play sports. if you've been through trauma or any kinds of um, something you want to get over, uh, we just hit us up on social media. I mean,
0: All right yeah you and know, all those all those links are going to be in the description of this podcast as well. so you know you can find Rodney Bailey on all of those different platforms and if you want to talk to somebody who's you know as a as a former player, somebody who's been where you've been, somebody who has a personal experience of what you might be feeling, that's where we're here for. so Dad, make sure you reach out to Rodney if you feel that his story resonates and that his solutions that helped him lose, you know, 200, almost over 250 pounds. I know there's guys out there that can, yeah. that can, that can use some of that. So for sure. But, you know, just, you know, want to just thank you for being here. Thank you, brother. And, you know, and uh, let everybody know afterprofootball.com. Check out Rodney Bailey's social media handles and website in the description. And we'll see you guys next time. Aloha. Oh, we hope. Aloha, bro. Thank you for listening to the basic instructions of mind mastery with your host, Chuki Okobi. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.